One of our goals here at Emerge is one thing that's really, really important to us is to lead people to Jesus, is to tell people about Jesus. It's obviously, it's really, really important where, where, where they accept Christ, where they ask Jesus to become the Lord and the leader of their, of their lives. And, and one of our thoughts is that when, um, when you find Christ, your life should begin to change. Because we, we all know, or hopefully we all know, and hopefully by the end of the night you, you'll know, that we need to grow, continually grow in our relationship with Christ. And because of that, well, our, our, our fourth value here at Emerge is that, does anybody know? Growing people change. That means if you're growing in your relationship with Christ, if you're growing closer to Jesus, your life should be changing. Let me explain it by, like this. I used to have this membership to this gym. Obviously, you can tell. Oh, why are you laughing? <laughs> What's so funny about that? Keyword was used to. And anyways, um, so uh, if you ever go to the gym, if you ever go to the same time all the time, there are regulars at the gym, right? If you go in the same time all the time, there's, there's regular people who go in the workout the same time every day. So, so say you go into the gym at 6 a.m., you're probably going to see the, the same people every single morning at 6 a.m. Well, I would go to the gym and I would see this certain guy all the time. All the time in the gym, and this guy would be there before me, and he would leave after me, and, and this guy would spend hours at the gym. But here's the deal. Here's the kicker. I never saw this guy lift weights. I, I never saw him on a treadmill. I never saw him do the stair-stepping thing. I never saw him um, do actually anything at all. All he would do is walk around and go from person to person and have conversations and talk to people. And, or he would sit and read a paper and drink a lot of water. And, and he would sit down, but he would never work out. And it, it's like, it, was, it was like the whole time there was, there was never any visible sign of this guy who went to the gym. It was never really visible that he was spending time. Nobody probably ever said to this guy, I can really tell you've been working out. You're looking pretty buff. I, no one probably ever said that to this guy. Even though this guy was at the gym every single day, you couldn't even tell he ever worked out. That reminds me of some church people I know. That reminds me of some students that I know. One of the most confusing things to me is how someone could attend church for 5, 10, 20, their whole lives, many years. It could attend church and never change. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that, but I've seen a lot of people who attend church for a long time, but their lives never change. They're the same mean, self-centered jerks and the who, people who only care about themselves. And, and then 20 years later, they're, they're no different than when they started attending church 20 years before. And then I finally realized there's a difference in attending church and following Jesus. Because here's the deal. Anybody can attend church. Anybody can just show up. I like playing ping pong. I like playing basketball. I, I could play carpet ball. I'll, I'll smoke you guys a carpet ball for real. Um, but there's a lot of people who could just show up and attend church. But, but, but a lot of people attend church, but not ever change to be more like Jesus. 
See, in, in our uh, core values series that we've been talking about, and actually we've been, this has been uh, something we've talked about for years here at Emerge. And our, our first value, our first thing that we talk about is that we are a family. I need your help tonight. That we're a family made of friends. And our second thing is that found people find people. And our third thing is that saved people serve people. And tonight we're covering our fourth core value. And I want to encourage you guys to take notes because there may be some things that God could speak to your heart tonight that you need to write down. And our, and our fourth core value is that, um, according to scripture, that growing people change. So take notes, note takers go to heaven. (laughs) Um, it's not true, but it sure does help. So one of the things that I, I've discovered about Christ, um, personally, through reading the Bible, through reading and knowing his words, is, is and, and I'm, I'm kind of stepping out on a limb here, and, and this is kind of a, a, a difficult thing to say. And you may not even totally agree with what I'm saying, but one of the, the things that I've learned from reading the Bible, from growing in my faith, from knowing Christ, is if you're not changing in your relationship with Christ, if you're not growing, you may not be walking with Jesus. I know that's a pretty bold statement, but if you come into a relationship with Jesus, and our goal and our, our, our point and our, our purpose is to be more like him, I would be willing to say that if you're not growing in that direction, maybe you're not walking with Jesus. Maybe you're not spending your time with Jesus because growing people change. You can't be walking with Jesus and stay the same. See, if you and I were walking with Jesus Christ on a consistent basis, he's going to change stuff in our lives. He's going to change things that are going on. He's going to change circumstances. He's going to change our hearts. He's going to change our attitudes. He's going to change things that we we deem valuable or important. If we're walking with him on a consistent basis, growing to be more like him and growing to know more about him, he's going to change stuff in us. Stuff that once that we thought was awesome and so cool and so great may not be that much when we know that how Jesus views those things. That doesn't matter if you've only been following him for the past week or for your whole life. If you're walking with Christ, he's changing something within you and around you and through you. So... Tonight, if we, if we look through the Bible, if we skim through the Bible, if we took a vote tonight and we were like, hey, who are the top three Christians? If we picked out of the Bible, who are the top three Christians that we could ever think of, that we would ever think of out of the Bible? I would imagine that the Apostle Paul would be up there at the top of the list or close to the top. Top three of all time. If we had to rank them and if we had to like, hey, out of all of the Bible, who would be like the most awesomest, like the, the, the best Christian, if we could make a scale, I think we would talk about the Apostle Paul. And and Paul, he pulled off some pretty incredible stuff. Paul did some things that most of us in this room have not done. One time, Paul brought someone back from the dead. Any of you guys ever did that? Maybe you did CPR, Heimlich maneuver. No, okay. Um, But here, and here's the deal: you guys in this room tonight, you may think that I preached for a long time. Well, one time Paul was preaching. He was preaching and he preached for so long that this kid who was sitting there listening to him preach, he was sitting in a a window 
and he fell asleep sitting in that windowsill and he and it was three stories up and he fell asleep and he fell out of that window fell to the ground and died paul he's like oh jesus so he runs down the stairs goes out finds the kid prays for him brings him back to life and went back upstairs guess what paul did he kept preaching and then he didn't just continue preaching the bible says that he preached all through the night you guys think i preach a long time um, Paul healed people. Paul saw Paul saw Jesus face to face on the road to Damascus. So if anybody could could say that they've achieved, if there is this level to achieve, could achieved this level of Christianity where they probably wouldn't have to grow anymore, it would probably would have been Paul. That's why it's so fascinating when you read through the book of Philippians, and I, that's where we're going to be tonight. If you got your Bible, we're in the book of Philippians uh, three. Starting in verse 10. So we're, we're going to cover a lot of scripture tonight. And keep in mind, this is the Apostle Paul writing this tonight. And just so you guys know, I'm going to try to move fast tonight. I got a lot of ground to cover tonight. And there's a lot of things I'm going to tell you tonight. And so write some notes down. Remember some things. Because um, there's a lot of information I'm going to throw at you. But just hang with me, okay? And so, um, so here's the Apostle Paul writing this. Philippians 3. Uh, he says this. He starts it out. He says, I want to know Christ. Hold on, Paul. Like you heal people. Like you've done some unbelievable things. He like he is Paul. And Paul writes, I want to know Christ. And and I I feel like Paul would know Jesus pretty well. And and he needed to know. He says he needs to know Jesus more. And then probably all of us were like, what for real? Like you, you heal people like you do miracles. You do these awesome things. But then Paul goes on to say, he said, he, he goes, um, I want to know Christ. And then he says, and the power of his resurrection. And that's the good stuff. That's the popular stuff. That's the exciting things. But the next part's not so popular. And then he says, and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Verse 11, and so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. So check this out. This is Paul, verse 12. Not that I have already obtained all of this, or I've already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Paul said, I'm walking with Christ, and I, and I press on with Christ, and he's changing me to be more like him. And check this out, verse 13. He says, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do forgetting what's behind. So Paul here, he's talking about, he, he's, he's not necessarily talking about his bad past. They're talking about his religious past. Um, you see, one of the problems we have today is that so many of us, we can go to camps or we can go to retreats or we can go on missions trips. And, and what we'll do is we'll pat ourselves on the back for 10 years later thinking we've accompl- accomplished something significant for Jesus and I'm all about missions trips. I love missions trips. I love camps. I love retreats. But our lives, our everyday lives, are the missions trip. The way we live our everyday life is the missions trip. And Paul said, I want to know him even more. Translation, what he's saying is that growing people change. And then he says, and straining. In other words, when he says, uh, and straining, he says, we're going to put, put out some effort here. We're going to work hard here. 
well, I'm not growing in my relationship with Jesus. Well, maybe you need to ask yourself what kind of effort you're putting into this relationship. He says, we're, we're, we're straining toward what's ahead, verse 14, and I press on towards the goal to which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Growing people change. See, from here on out, I'm going to move really fast. So take notes. I've got tonight, I've got seven, seven practical things for you and I to grow in our faith. And so before I start, let me remind you tonight that um, God's faith in us and his hope in us is not based on our performance. Like you don't have to do these things to make God love you. You don't, you're not required to do these things. He's, he's, God's love for us is never in, in question. The question is our love for God. So the first thing you got to know is this. You got to read your Bible. Yeah, I, right? So basic, so simple, right? You got to read your Bible. And I should already just move on to number two, but I'm not yet. And I, I've been in the church world. I've grown up in church for more than, for almost towards the end of my 30 years on this planet. And... um my whole life, um, and it's amazing to me, the number of people in church that they, they claim they want to hear God's voice, but they never open up their Bible. They're like, oh, I want to hear God speak to me. His words are right here. He can speak through this right here. It's, I want to hear God's, God's plan or God's calling for my life. Try this out. Open this up. Find out what it says. Understand this and, and you'll, you, you'll never, we'll never do what he's called us to do if we don't understand who he is. How do we know who he is? By reading his words. By reading his words. In Psalm 119, 105, it says this. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and it's a light to my, to my path. Does, does that kind of sound like that this can give us some direction? That this can guide us. It says it's a lamp to my, it helps me see where I'm going. It's a light to my path. It's a lamp. It's a light in this dark world that lights up the path he's set for us. And some people are like, well, I don't know where to start reading. I guess I'll start reading in Genesis, which is great. That's a good place to start reading until you get to Leviticus. And they start killing goats and bulls and stuff. And it's, it's. It's not a great place to start, and, and I, would, I wouldn't recommend that. But then some people are like, oh, I'm just going to start out in Revelation. I wouldn't recommend that either because you won't sleep at night. <clears throat> some, <clears throat> some people are like, here, here, I don't know, you maybe have heard this before. Some people are like, I'm just going to take my Bible, and I'm going to drop it on the ground, and wherever it opens up to, that's where I'm going to read. Have you guys have ever done that with like a book or maybe even with the Bible itself? And like, and so like you do, you do that, you drop it on the ground, you look and read where it stops. And you're like, and Judas hanged himself. So you're like, oh boy. So you pick it up, you're going to drop it again. It's like, okay, the next thing. And then you pick it up and read it. And the Bible says, and go and do likewise. Okay. I'm not doing this thing. Like it's, um, that is not the most effective way to read your Bible. Um, I don't know if anybody have a phone. There's a phone app called YouVersion. You don't have to get out your phone right now. You can actually put it away. Um, unless you're actually reading your Bible. But there's this phone app called YouVersion. And it's the Bible. And, and through that, I want to encourage you guys, through that, we, we can be friends. I'll do a Bible reading plan with you. But 
you can find all kinds of different plans, Bible reading plans to help you through whatever you're going with, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're struggling with. If you don't have a Bible, if you're here tonight, you don't even own a Bible. I'll give you one. I've got extra Bibles. I'll give you one of mine. Catch me after service tonight. Um, the second thing you need to know is this, baptism. We had a couple people in this room get baptized not long ago, and that's really awesome. But one thing that Jesus commands is baptism. Jesus commands us after we come into a relationship with him in this public ceremony called baptism is basically what we're doing is we're going public with our faith in Christ. Check this out, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says these, this, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. What happens when someone comes a disciple? Watch this baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So after becoming a disciple, the first thing Jesus said to do is to be baptized. If you were baptized before you were even saved, all you were is just a wet sinner. Uh, you, you need to follow through and be baptized. If you want to be baptized, I would love the opportunity to baptize you. I love to baptize people. Uh, you just let me know. We actually have a baptism coming up in April. Let me know and we will get you back. If you're in this room too, and you, you're like, I was baptized as a little kid, and and it, it really didn't mean anything to me. It wasn't important to me. If you want to be baptized again, there is nothing wrong with that. Once again, go and make a public statement of your faith. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, let me know. The third thing is this. Regular church attendance. I didn't say once a month. I didn't say every other week. I said regular. And so imagine this. This is going to be a really strange story. Um, but I, I think you guys will get it. So imagine this. Someone, uh, someone gets in a car wreck outside your house. And you go out and you find that person's arm has been severed off of their body. I know. Hold on. Just bear with me. So you go home. You get an ice chest. You pack it full of ice. You pick up the yarn, you put it in the ice chest, you close the lid, and you take it home. Like, what else would you do with it? Um, but and you, you, but here, here, just hang with me. But you take it home, and you're like, well, I, I've I've been needing an extra hand around the house. Like, uh, like, like this this extra arm sure would help out. Like, like you could. Here's the deal: you could drive down the road, wave, and text all at the same time. Like, what, what if you just kept the arm around just because it could help? Well, everybody knows that's stupid. Um, because if you, if you detach a limb from the body, it will eventually die. See, the, the reason people who claim to follow Christ don't actually follow Christ is because they're, they're nothing more than detached limbs from the body. We're called to regular church attendance. Hebrews 10, 25, it says this, Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. It's important for us to meet together regularly. Like next Wednesday, our church has this business meeting going on, and, and all of our kids' ministries and all this other stuff is canceled. And every year I ask Pastor Dennis, can we still have youth? And he's like, yeah, sure, because it's really important for me and for us to continue meeting together and to being together. The fourth thing is this, confession and repentance. 
The Bible says in James 5 that one of the reasons that people aren't healed is because they refuse to confess and repent their sins. That's kind of a big deal. And that's really important. What, what is it in your life that you need to confess? What is it that you need to confess to God and maybe even to others and that you need to repent of? I'm going to hurry and we're, we're going to move fast. Number five is this, giving. And here's the deal. Next Wednesday is $5 offering night. $10 for Johnny's cartwheels. We are in Missouri. If you are a Mizzou fan, we have this rivalry with this group of birds called the Jayhawks, right? And it's kind of sad now that we're in different conferences and it's not really as big of a deal anymore, but it's a big rivalry. And, and there are some people in this room who I would imagine are Missouri Tigers fans, right? I would imagine, too, that there could be some people in this room that are Kansas Jayhawks fans. There are a lot less of those. Um, well, and, and here's the deal. You can't, with a rivalry like that, I grew, up, I grew up in Oklahoma. We hate Texas. We do not like Texas. Like, burnt orange makes me want to vomit. Um, but you can never, you can never say, well, I, I'll just pull for both teams. I'm going to be for both teams. You will get punched in the throat. Because you can't do that. It's a rivalry. You have to pick one or the other. And, and if you truly pull for one team, then you've got to hate the other one, right? That's just how a rivalry works. And Jesus said this in the Bible. He said, uh, Jesus, he, he's pretty good and he says some pretty good stuff. He says this in Matthew six twenty one. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He's talking about your, your giving, your tithes, your offerings. We, we take up every single week. We have our time of giving. We take up offering every single Wednesday night for missions, for missionaries. And I want to encourage you to give. Give Sunday mornings in the Sunday offering. Those of you guys who serve in kids' church, give towards the, towards the boys' offering. So the boys beat the girls every week. But, and here's the deal. You got to know this. Uh, money is the number one competitor for our hearts. The desire to have stuff. We want things and we have things and they got to be important to our lives. It's the number one competitor for our hearts. Learn how to give faithfully to God. Because it will help you learn to faithfully follow him as well. Number six. Sharing Christ. Sharing Christ will grow your faith. I guarantee you that sharing Christ will grow your faith. Philemon 1.6, it says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. I want to encourage you guys this. Write out your testimony. Go home tonight or whenever you can, write your testimony out. Type it out. Read it over and over and then prepare it to share your testimony with someone. Tell them how God's changed your life. That's a really big deal. If you and I would share our faith to the people outside these walls, then we couldn't build, build a building large enough to hold everyone that would want to come, that could respond to the, to the gospel of Jesus. Sharing, your, sharing Christ will grow your faith. Growing people change. Can we have our band come back up? See, we talked about um, 
Well, and, and the last, the seventh thing is this, serving. And we talked about this last week. If you were here last week, actually two weeks ago, we talked about serving. If you're saved, you're commanded to serve. Serve within the church, outside the church, serve in your homes, serve with your parents, serve your friends, serve your schools, serve at your jobs. Serving is, in, is important to help you grow in your relationship with Christ. Real quick, I got to move fast. I need everybody to pay attention. I just gave you seven practical things. Seven simple, easy, practical things that can help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, real quick, I want to give you three more things. These were practical things, things active, things that you can do. But these next three things are our inner things, our heart things, our, our spiritual things. And I know this is, this is a lot. This is a lot to kind of write down, to take in, to handle tonight. But I believe this is really important. The first thing is this, all in. Are you all in? See, for my life, from at a, at a really young age, I felt God calling me into ministry. At a really, to, to be a full-time minister, to be a pastor. And I, and, and I ran from it. I was shy. I was scared. I, I felt inadequate. I felt worthless. I felt stupid. I didn't feel like I could do it until one day a friend shows up at my house. I, I was in college. I was 21 years old. I ran from God for most of my life. And up to this point, I, I had spent my whole life trying to be cool, trying to get everyone to like me, trying to look important and see important and to have things and to live that party life. What had happened, my friend, he had given his heart to the Lord after a previous week before o o overdosing. And he was sitting with me on my curb outside of my house. And, and right there in that conversation with him, right there, I decided that I didn't need all this stuff. I only needed the man, Jesus. From that point on, I was all in. I was all in. I wasn't following at a distance like I had done my whole life. I went from believing in God to following God. See, the Bible says that even, even demons believe in God. But just because you believe doesn't mean that you follow. If you want your life to change, you've got to be all in. Second thing is this, trust. See, if you want to grow in Christ, you have to trust him with his plan. With his plan. We, we all have our own plans for our own lives. And, and this is what I want. This is what I want to do with my life. This is my plan, my purpose. But one day, God's going to show up and say, no, 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 no. This is my plan for your life. And it's much bigger and it's much better. And it's m much more awesome than anything that you've dreamed up. See, when you're growing with God, it's going to require some trust. It's going to require some faith. So I, I used to have this group of friends who would play, uh, you, you guys know that trust fall game. You know, you'd, you, someone would stand up in a chair and face backwards and the group of friends would stand behind and like, I totally trust you and fall over and hopefully everyone would catch him. Um, well, my, me and my group of friends, we would kind of do it a little bit different. We would just be standing right in front of someone and be like, I totally trust you and just fall into him. And most of the time they, we fell to the ground. But but there's, there's times when you're growing 
when you're growing in God, when you're growing in your faith. And God is going to say, because you're going to come at a crossroads, you're going to come to a place, and you're going to be like, this seems impossible. There's no way I could possibly do this. And God is going to tell you, I just need you to trust me. I just need you to trust me. With your money, with your life, with your relationships, with your future spouse, with, with everyday living, just trust me. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, trust the Lord with all of your heart. Not just a little bit, not just a little bit of your heart. He says, trust the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not upon your own understanding. It says, don't, you're not totally going to understand everything that he's going to ask you to do. But if you'll take that step, he will lead you. He'll continually leading you. Lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all that you say and do. And he'll direct your paths. And the last thing is this. The third thing is broken, but I still will follow. I know that's kind of weird. That's kind of different. But the reason I added this one tonight is because I've never seen a generation that's struggling with so much hurt. That's struggling with so much pain, with so much anxiety. I've never seen a, a teenagers with so much anxiety in their lives. I want to let you know tonight that you can be broken, that you can make mistakes, that you can be depressed, that you can be lost. But I, I want to encourage you through all that to still follow God. He'll save you. He'll rescue you when you're going through these things. Don't give up on him. I want to let you know tonight that that you you can follow him through anything. It's one thing to follow Jesus when you're brand new in your faith and you're like, "Woo, this is exciting. I love Jesus. I love Emerge. Like, this is so awesome. But how do you follow Jesus when you feel like a total failure? You may feel broken. You may be down. You, you may feel like hurting. You, you may feel like that you have broken God's heart. But God, forgive us. God, forgive us. I'm still willing to follow Jesus. You may feel lost tonight in this room. You may feel absolutely lost right here in this moment, but God knows where to meet you. God knows where to find you. He, he's never, he never doesn't know where you're at. He knows what you're facing. God can show up in your schools. He can show up in your homes. He can show up where you work. He can show up in your car. He doesn't wait for you to find him. The Bible says that he's seeking after us. He's, he's, he's searching for us. Will you give your life to him tonight? Will you devote your life? Will you be all in tonight?